So in our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, we hear about uh, St. Paul and Barnabas and all of the, the growing early church community, a very exciting time, a uh, very dangerous time, and a very uh, formative time uh, for the church. So like in, in all of these experiences now, the, the, the church is becoming more than just uh, a simple continuation from the Jewish faith to now Jesus being the fulfillment of the, the Messiah they were waiting for. It's now a church that's going out to all nations, to Greeks, to foreigners, to non-Jews, to the whole world. This actually becomes a little bit of a, a problem later on because they're wondering, hang on, do people have to be Jews first and then be Christians? Do people have to be uncircumcised first? Or can they just be baptized? Or what's the, how, do we, how do we do this? But that, that, that discussion is for another day. Uh, but it's just this, this is a, say, an exciting time. In the, in the midst of persecution, the church is actually growing. And as the Lord said himself, you know, you will do greater things than I. Jesus said to his own apostles, you will do greater things than I. So the apostles now have left the confines of uh, the Holy Land, the, what we call the Holy Land, and now they're, they're spreading out the doing, if you will, yeah, greater things than the Lord. Not without him, always with him, always with him. But one thing I want to hone in on is this, this, this last line. It was at Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. Christians. Right, so I know recently in Ireland that we filled out our census forms and we had to declare what uh, religious affiliation we have, and uh, yeah, obviously every time this happens, the the various atheist groups in the country um, start an advertisement, an advertising campaign to encourage people to put down no religion, put down no religion, uh, and it's, it's it's always an interesting thing because because for us or like maybe for you know Polish or Italians or other uh, countries where Catholicism would have very str- uh, would have had or would have uh, a, a strong cultural influence. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be Catholic? What does it mean? Because I think for for a lot of us it means uh, you're baptized. So that's kind of it. And I suppose if I do go to mass or if I do go to any sort of kind of a religious celebration, it probably would be a Catholic one. But is that it? Like, is that what it means? Is that what it means to be Christian? That you're baptized into, into a particular church and every now and again you pop along to a religious service, especially if, if you need something or if you get married or you have a child to baptize or there's a wedding. What does Jesus say being a Christian is? Like, if we're going, what, what, what does being a Christian, being a Christian means following Christ. And what, I mean, you all know the answer to this one, by the way. I think, I hope, but we'll get there in a sec. Uh, Jesus says, anybody who wants to be a follower of mine, let him renounce himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Anyone who wants to be a follower of mine, right? He doesn't say, uh, pray a little every now and again, go to a couple of religious services, get baptized. He says, he who wants to be a follower of mine, renounce himself, renounce himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And this, we would, it would be much more popular and politically correct to say he wants to be a follower of mine would experience nothing but blessings. Nothing but an easy cruise upward and onward to infinity and beyond, to quote who some saint, okay. Uh, <laughs> to infinity and beyond, right? Uh, okay, but, but that's not what he says. That is not what he says. He says that he 
who wants to be a follower of mine, renounce himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And as always, there is divine wisdom in this. This isn't, this isn't the Lord forgetting about his own. This isn't the Lord uh, testing us or punishing us or something like that. Uh, it's life as it is, with its many challenges and difficulties, giving us opportunities to grow in, in, in virtue. That's, that's what happens. You know, in real life, the difficulties, the adversities, the failures, our own sinfulness, our own weakness, our own the frustration with, our, with ourselves that we just can't seem to to be better or, or, or be more virtuous or be holier. All that f annoyance, you know, counting too much in ourselves. Uh, all of that. These are all opportunities to grow in, in grace. Sister uh, Miriam James Hyden, she was giving a talk there. Well, I heard a talk from her, of hers there a while ago. And um, she said something, she, she's, she has a way with words, she's very good. Uh, but she, she said, beautiful people don't just happen. They are the ones who have suffered greatly, have loved deeply, and have come through it. Have suffered greatly, have loved deeply, <clears throat> and have come through it. So beautiful people. Beautiful people. So obviously, you see here, we're, we're, this is beyond cosmetics and fake eyelashes and fake tan and all that kind of stuff. Uh, lip fillers, it's beyond all that. Beautiful people. It's be uh, uh, a real internal beauty, which isn't, which doesn't mean the person isn't actually physically beautiful as well. They can be. But the beauty emanates from within. <clears throat> and she says, beautiful people are those who have suffered greatly. Now, again, hopefully in your lives you've, you've met someone like this. Someone who, maybe in a very hidden way, uh, has suffered. Um, there can be all sorts, bless. There can be all sorts of, of, of ways of suffering through the actions of another, through like marital infidelity of, of your spouse, through loss of, of children or loved ones, illness, uh, poverty, who knows? Who knows? There are all sorts of ways that, that, that suffering can come our way. But beautiful people are those who have suffered greatly. But suffering on its own, you see, suffering on its own can make you bitter. Suffering on its own can make you angry. Suffering on its own can make you rebellious. It can make, it can make you turn in on yourself. And close out everyone else because then you can't get hurt anymore or at least that's the that's the deception if i close in on myself then nobody can hurt me suffered greatly but loved deeply loved deeply in that suffering it causes them to love more to turn their hearts more to the lord to open their hearts more to give more of themselves and that is simply nothing short of heroic because at times it's the last thing you want to do you just want, you just want to run, you just want to go, you just want to leave, you just want to be somewhere else, with someone else, drinking pina coladas on a beach, you know, or wrapped up in a blanket, I don't know, you just, you just, you just don't want to be there, you don't want to be in that life, in that place, but you are. Suffer greatly and love deeply, and have come through it, have come through the suffering because of that. So... It's, it's an odd message. It's an odd way. If the, I mean, if the Lord were running an advertising campaign, you can imagine the, the rest of the committee, the board, would go, nah, nah, Jesus, sorry now. If, if you want to get members into your club there, ask the last thing you should say. <laughs> you know, uh, he wants to be a follower of mine, renounce himself, take up his cross and follow me. Now, so maybe it is kind of balanced with St. Peter saying, Lord, we've left everything. What, what, what do we get? He says, 
amen, amen, I tell you, no one who has left fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, land will not receive a hundred times as much and eternal life and persecutions actually he does actually mention that list as well doesn't he yeah he's <laughs> well look he's been honest he's been honest like he's, he's not saying that this whole thing is just, just one great you know cruise to heaven he's honest it, there, it's going to, there are going to be challenges and yet like again if speaking as a, as a man if you think of any kind of any sport think of your, your hurlers football all the, the rugby players right and you tell them okay guys um, we have to train now from I don't know when they start training actually probably in probably in the winter I don't know yeah the weight training will probably and all that diet will probably start already in the winter for the next season so it's going to be cold it's going to be miserable it's going to be wet it's going to be painful they're going to be fingers broken they're going to be muscles strains and sprains so there's the door if you don't want it and lads will want this so maybe that's exactly what Jesus is doing he's saying this is hard I'm offering this to you you don't have to have it I'm offering it to you. It is the best way to go. It's been offered to you, though. But I'm not going to deceive you into saying, come this way and it'll all be great. It will be ultimately great, yes, but I'm not going to say it won't be without its sufferings on the way. So, with that, though, with that truth that there will be sufferings on the way, for lo, I will be with you always. Yes, to the end of time. I will be with you. So yes, there will be sufferings. So being a Christian means following the Lord, means also imitating him, means renouncing ourselves, taking up our crosses and following him. But it also means being part of him. So we're taken into him. So we're never alone. We're never alone. So we ask the Lord, especially for anybody watching today who might be uh, feeling alone or feeling just drained from everything going on in their lives, that, that word, that name, Christian, doesn't just mean a follower. It doesn't just mean like, yeah, someone who, who belongs to the same club as Jesus or a club that Jesus founded. <clears throat> it means following him. It means renouncing ourselves, taking up our cross in the knowledge that he will carry us and his grace is always sufficient for us.